0: You're listening to line item story, a podcast that explores the relationship between inspired creators and passionate entrepreneurs and the heart that lives inside them both to pursue excellence. My name is Bryce Hakama. I'm an actor, entrepreneur, and soap enthusiast working at red Fox media. I'm sitting down with Paul Goodyear to talk about the story of his company, the lessons he's learned and how other creatives can take the leap into the entrepreneurial world and what might be in store for them when they get there. Paul, Introduce yourself. Kind of introduce us as a company because you kind of, you, you know, you know, yeah. you know us. You know us as a company and who we are and what we're about. So, break Yeah,
1: it so uh, my name is Paul and I started this company when I was 16 legally. I've been doing it earlier. I've been making videos my whole life, but really as a business I've been doing it since I was about 14 or so. Hmm. Uh, we got registered with the state at 16. Um, and then from there I've, I've just been doing it and brought Bryce on uh, earlier last year. Uh, and he's been here ever since, it's been a, it's been a great time. Um, we're about making videos for companies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what it comes down to. But but more than that is about communicating their stories and communicating their emotions. I got tired of uh, seeing too many bad TV ads for local commercials, like local plumbers mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and I thought, man, I can do this better than that. And so once somebody started paying me to do that, I thought, wow, let's actually you know change how we do things. Right. Um, and so that that's. It's been it's been interesting to see who will give us the freedom to actually help them uh, and who just wants to check off the box that says we did video. So, mm-hmm. you
0: know. there's a significant difference in that. And and honestly, from my perspective personally, like the reason that I love the that I love what this business does and what we're able to accomplish through it is that businesses have stories, mm-hmm. businesses are stories. And at the end of the day, if a business is incapable of communicating their own story, they're they're kind of sunk.
1: Yeah, they're kind of they're
0: they're in big trouble if they're unable to tell their own story. And if we are able to provide a service in which a business is able to say, no, help us tell our own story. Then if we're in that position to do that, then, man, my job's worth doing. For sure. For sure. I mean, I mean, there's definitely a level
1: of uh, a passion that goes into it. I mean, we both love film Mm -hmm. um, and we both love telling stories creatively. um, But above and beyond that, there's a lot of things that we like technically about it. I appreciate business things. Um, I love engineering as a whole. Um, and so there's a lot that goes into it other than just, uh, I don't know the cliche term of being a storyteller. At oh this point. yeah. That, and that's, um, a, that's such but a dangerous it's such word. A, it's such a dangerous word, but it's also, it's still so important just because yeah. it's cliche doesn't mean it's not important. It just means that, um,
0: we got to be more diligent with how we're communicating that in your mind. What is, what is that distinction between, cause I have my own perceptions of it. What is your distinction between the buzzword that is story and, and the truth of the story that you ultimately want to communicate as a company.
1: Well, I think it's the it's. I think that's up to the court of public opinion mm. in terms of what is story um, and who classifies as a storyteller. Um, I've got my own criteria that I use, uh, but I think the clear distinction is: Are you thinking about the structure of story on a consistent basis? Mm. Are you talking about? Uh, how this guides people down an emotional journey are you talking about inciting incidents are you using that kind of language uh, and that that really determines whether you're a storyteller or not versus a videographer versus a whatever else you do if you're in your field and you're calling yourself a storyteller if you're not using the words that we use to break down story from a screenwriting perspective or from other from a literary perspective uh, you're you're not a storyteller and you use it in a buzzword way
0: mm. Yeah. And that's honestly, at the end of the day, like such it's such it's such a there's so much weight to that. There's there's a weight to being just being able to say, I am taking into account the the narrative elements that are so important in order to make a story communicable, efficient, emotionally compelling all at the same time. So the question for you then is why video?
1: Uh, well, so I think video is pretty great. One, from a technical perspective, I, I love the cameras. I love lenses. I love all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it gives me a place to exercise my technical creativity um, and just learn a lot about those sorts of things. Uh, but then, along with that, is it just is the it's truly the best form of communication uh, in from a, from an emotional
0: perspective. Why do you say that?
1: Because um, you can communicate so much so quickly. Um, with a picture, you get one frame. With video, you get that over time. And so, it's if, if a picture is worth a thousand words, I mean, a video is worth a million. And so you don't have to just say, I like X. I don't know. Let's say books. I like books. If you if you show a picture of somebody surrounded by a billion books, you're going to infer that they like books. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to. That That's why I like. So the visual medium is great. So now you throw sound in there. Mm-hmm. What if you had a printing press going on in the background and then you pan to reveal somebody printing their own copies of books? Hmm. So then it goes from just this person likes books to this person in the same frame and in the same really amount of time that you're taking for the person to acknowledge that you've communicated more. So you're, you're adding sound to it. You're adding development to it. You're adding the element of choice, which is really where you get into true storytelling is adding what emotional choices are you making. So then you just add those few things together and you've got infinite variables and infinite things that you can say.
0: Mm. So this podcast and what I hopefully hope it grows into is a it connecting the bridges between both the creative and the entrepreneur, the the business owner and the and the blockbuster Hollywood filmmaker. Like I and so I want to delve into some of the questions that hopefully people who listen to this podcast can answer. So um the first one being I have, for example, I have a series of photography skills and I can capture those still images really well. What are some of the the shared strengths between those th- those elements of things that I already have and what are some of the things that I have to learn in order to adopt what sh- what is a, a more emotionally communicable, medium such as such as film. So how does a photographer become a how filmmaker? A fi- how does a photographer become a filmmaker? <laughs> the um well, big words here on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so a photographer becomes a filmmaker by one flipping their camera into video mode and then clicking record. Mm-hmm. Um you, you you do it by doing it. So so what are the differences that you need to learn? One is you're going to learn that you need a lot more crap Uh, a lot more stuff than you ever thought you'd ever need. I envy photographers who can just carry around a backpack. I know that there are photographers who carry Mm. around more people who take lights and actually set things up and do things right. Um, But you don't just get to carry around a camera anymore. You can, that's an option, but, but that's a, that's a crowded market right now. Uh, So if you're truly trying to be a filmmaker and you're trying to communicate intentionally with every pixel in your frame, you need a lot more stuff. Mm. You need to be a lot more intentional and you need to think about what every inch of your frame says uh, at, over the course of time then throw in their sound and then throw in their what what am i communicating about the world by this person doing this mm. you know it, sometimes it's as simple as people need to eat if you're making a video about a commercial i, I mean like we we keep, keep, we keep coming back to commercials because that's what we do um, but at, at the same time it's, it's so like much more. whatever whatever you're trying to say like you're always communicating truth about the world um, and so a photographer becoming a filmmaker needs to decide what they're going to say. And that's really what it comes down to is the hardest part. What are they going to say? And they need to learn how to put audio in there. And then I think they're going
0: to be all right. Yeah. And then learn how to edit and export and yeah. File yeah. Share but and- all that
1: stuff, I mean with, with YouTube and all the training and uh, I'm less concerned about the technical side for a photographer becoming a filmmaker and more concerned about the learning of story and the learning of uh, how, What what they're going to say and Mm -hmm. why they're going to say it and how they're going to say it that's the hard part.
0: Mm. Was that something that you struggled with? I mean, transferring your I mean natural photography skills over into cinematography and directing.
1: The photography skills are more tech, so like the technical skills. Yeah, you always have to go from scratch. I mean, you never start life knowing how to use a camera. Right. So like, the technical side is easier to watch a YouTube video to learn. Um, the story side is harder to learn. You can read books, you can do whatever. Uh, but at some level, you on a personal level have to decide, what do I believe about the world? Because hmm. uh, if you don't know what you believe about the world, you're not going to be able to tell good stories because um, we, we hear lots of people uh, in we hear lots of motivational speakers and lots of people kind of just say like, you got to know what you believe and you got to stick to it. The, there's a level of truth to that. And if you don't acknowledge what you believe, you're never going to be able to tell a story because you're not going to communicate anything. Mm. You can't communicate what you don't know, uh, and if you don't know what you don't believe, if you don't know what you believe, you can't tell a story because that's what a story
0: is. It's all about belief systems and it's all about making choices mm. that are moral. Because it is such, a, and because it is such a difficult aspect of becoming ultimately a filmmaker, how or what were some of the methods that you had in terms of forming your own? belief system and like how how did you form how you view the world well
1: so that <laughs> is almost entirely unrelated to film um, so film is the, uh, is the outpouring of that is where you're saying it mm-hmm. uh, where you learn it comes from so many different areas what you experience in life it comes from where you were where you were raised it, it comes from how you were raised uh, it comes from what you believe in. Um, so I know lots of people who are filmmakers who believe very different things than me um, and, and there's a lot of common ground but there's also not a lot of common ground as well mm. so like I come from a, a very strong Christian background and I had to up- affirm that for myself um, and, and I do just the, the problem is is that uh, on the surface we can all say yes we murder is bad Or yes, X, Y, and Z is bad, and that's why we get films like war movies. Like Mm -hmm. that's why war movies always do so well, is because, in general, we all affirm the difficult choices they're trying to make, Mm. and it's their their moral decisions that, um, while they're hard to make, there's not a whole lot of there's not a general public consensus of disagreement in it, Um, and I think that's a lot of times why. Uh, Oscar movies are like Oscar nominated films generally do worse in the box office is because they dive into very specific things Mm. that I think the general public hasn't um, affirmed or denied a position on. Wow. Um, And that's why uh, sometimes, and they're just, when you get so specific, it's more or less, it's like, it's less successful. So you, what you believe about the world is going to determine what you make your films about. And so you got to figure out what you believe first.
0: Gotcha. Well, and that whole Oscar conversation is a whole other podcast. Yeah, for, for sure. And time. there's so it,
1: many things that go into that yeah. more than that. But it, but it's like generally, the Oscar-nominated films are always about uh, the hot topic of the day, or at least in our current society, it's always about the hot topic of the day. It's always yeah. about whatever, and it's usually a divisive opinion and not a, just in general, not a fun film to watch unless you mm-hmm. have a high film IQ. Right. And so all, with all those things combined, it it just kind of becomes this this mess of not a box office success. Mm, right. Even though it's like a good movie. Well, we
0: rabbit trailed there for a little bit, but I'm glad that we did because I think that we hit on some actual topics that sure. are, are very helpful in terms of like, Oh, I'm a photographer. I have X number of skills, but I want to get into film because it's a more compelling medium. More people are on YouTube every single day. And honestly, I feel like, I yeah, can make more that money well, doing so it.
1: what you just said was great. Why are they wanting to do it in the first place? Yeah. So if that's, if that's what we're here to talk about, like <laughs> why why why, why do you want do. to do film yeah like everybody's passionate about something if you don't 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 make yourself like film it's harder mm. you make less money well you can you can't make less money you can't make more money it's That's whatever but it's That's like we're going. Uh, the the barrier to entry is way easier with photography mm. and i know way more photographers making a ton of money than i know filmmakers making a ton of money
0: hmm so not that it's all about the money, but so then coming kind of on the flip side of this, rather than coming at it from a creative aspect, from an entrepreneurial aspect, why film as an effective choice to create a business out business model? out of? Yeah,
1: no, it was dumb. Don't start a video company, <laughs> um, but like, really
0: it's a dumb yeah. place
1: to start. So you're, you're, when you're looking at it from a cost benefit analysis, there's a low overhead to start with. Mm. All you need is a, a camera, um, a microphone and like this is kind of variable too. Like, you need a you need something to film with, you, you need good audio, um, and you need something to edit on. If you have those things, you have a video company. So, in terms of overhead cost and the cost to get started, it's very low compared mm-hmm. to a lot of businesses. In the same way that photography is easy to get into, all you have to do is have a camera and you can start a photography business. Yeah. The hard part is that because it's so easy to get into, everybody's doing it. And Mm. everybody and their mom thinks they're a photographer. Luckily, we're not there with video yet, but we're getting close. Yeah, we are. We're getting very close to everybody thinking they're a photographer. The only thing that keeps people from doing that is just the quantity of work that it takes. Mm. Um, It it just takes way more effort to do video than low-quality photos. Uh, And so because of that, uh, that's kind of kept the floodgates on a little bit, but it's still pretty crowded. Wow. Um, So with that being said why would you want to start a business like that? If you're really looking to make money, uh, do anything uh, else, do something, Invent you, you, something you gotta honestly. find, you gotta find the wedge in your market. Yeah. Um, and, and video is not where that wedge is unless you mm. came up with, unless you're seeing the wedge that I'm not seeing. And if you are, then you're going to make money. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, it's like, comment
0: down below if you see the wedge. Yeah, for
1: real, please tell us. And I'll, uh, I'll write you a commission check or something. I don't know. We'll <laughs> figure it out. But if you have those ideas, please tell us (laughs) don't start your own business. Tell me.
0: All right. So in terms of, so someone you only do it
1: because you love it. I got into it because I liked it and it was where I was going and I decided that's what I wanted to do. Not because it was the best
0: business decision. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Why do anything at all if you don't absolutely love it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's,
0: it's a mix. Yeah. It's a mix. It's a mix of like, yeah, Yeah. gotcha. So So, I guess coming from, so baby photographer boy, Mm Mm-hmm. Sitting in sitting in his house, he's like, mm, "I love film. I love watching movies. I want to make movies. I want to make this as a business." What was the first step that you took in terms of saying, "This is what I love, and I'm gonna go get it, and I don't care what it takes to get it"? Well, on a, on a very mm-hmm. on a very like. That sounds very like uh, Wolf of Wall Street when you're like, yeah. I don't care what it takes. In, in terms of like, you got the gut, you got the drive, you got the passion. How do you go chase what you want?
1: I mean, step one is to make videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to, no one's going to pay you up front. Mm. Let, let's let's get that out of the way of the whole, there's a lot of debate about whether you should work for free or not. If nobody, if you don't have a video to show someone, don't expect them to pay you $2,000 to make a video and I don't think that's where most people are at I think there are some people who are like I need to make a living at this right out the gate you can't, you can't do it um, do a couple things for free you gotta you gotta get relatively good at your craft first now once you're relatively good at your craft and you've made videos then you don't have to do things for free as much and and I don't want to get into the whole topic of when and why you do that but don't think it's going to be like boom success right out of the gate because mm. you, you just don't have the skill set you don't have the whatever. What was the question?
0: The, the question was, what's what's the next step that you take? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you
1: make videos. And so for me, and I, I strongly recommend this. If you want to get into filmmaking, go find a local church or whatever.
0: Nonprofit, um, somebody.
1: Well, no, I think church specifically. Someone why, that's oh, having why? a weekly... Because they have a weekly meeting. So the biggest thing for me was that I had a video. I had to make videos quickly. I had to make them well enough to be shown to a hundred plus people. And I got to watch it with them every week. And that was the biggest learning experience of my life was because I got to watch, I had you, when you sit in a room and you watch a video with people that you made, you feel whether it was good or not. And so then from there, I mean, and then from there, it's like, uh, I got my first couple jobs from that church. People were like, Oh, you made the video. I've got a business. Mm. Help me like, come help me do this. And so it's like, it's a, and a, whether you believe it or not, it's just a great... Like, if you believe what the church believes or whatever, I don't care whether you're atheist or Buddhist or whatever, just go find a church and make videos for them because they can use it. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll use it, go to church, watch the video with all the people, and then leave if you want to or whatever. But but you'll meet people there who will want to buy videos from you, and you'll get more practice and better practice than you'd get anywhere
0: else. And you'll know if people are liking what, what you're making. Yeah, yeah. And it's,
1: it's like... It's like the YouTube you, you comment pick, section, well, except exactly, they can't say anything. Exactly. So it's like well, they can say stuff. It's the YouTube void. You know how like you put stuff onto YouTube and it's like it might get five views? Yeah. Or whatever. This is an instant chance for you to get feedback from a hundred people.
0: Mm. Mm. How many of them would come up to say how, how many of them who knew that you Most of them
1: are gonna say nice things? So it's like have let's kind of
0: validating it yeah, at the same time. It's wow.
1: Great. So there you go. Church. A couple people will say crap things, but yeah. but those are people who are actually trying to help you be better at what you're doing. Um, there's, there's, I mean, we're in, uh, Kentucky and like where we're at, there's churches on every corner, most of which that don't have video stuff. Mm. Um, so
0: yeah. So there you go. So that was a very personal anecdote of covering all of that. I'm guessing genuinely, if you're in the United States, there's no excuse
1: for, you and if you're not in the united states and you're somewhere where there's not churches on every corner yeah find the place where people are having weekly meetings and make them videos
0: wow so there you go right there is that i'm guessing that's what how you went about the process yeah, so that's yeah. step one you got to make videos gotta make videos for whoever, whoever will take it at and that then step though. two yeah
1: is let people know you make videos and then step three is make the videos when people ask you to make videos
0: that's it that's it so at what point at what point? So you make you make free videos. You make free videos for a period of time. Well, I, I think
1: that's what you do for the church. You don't have to make free videos for people in the church unless you want to. Mm. If they come up to you and say, "I've got a lawyer," like I got a lawyer firm, uh, a law firm that I don't know why I said lawyer firm, law firm that does X, Y, and Z, and I want to make a video about that. Why be like, yeah, that's three hundred bucks hmm. or whatever. I don't know, it's something.
0: Just say it's money. Yeah. Um, I know that's a whole other conversation of being like, how do you determine price? Yeah. And like what the yeah. value of your product is. But on a certain level, it's like you make content so people see the content that yeah. you make. And when you show people the content, people are inevitably drawn to good content. So if you're making good t- yeah. content, people want it. I just said content like nine I times. I know. It's just, it's,
1: just, it's uh, you got to make, like, make the videos for the church. And then you just have to make videos for free until somebody asks you to, until somebody tries to pay you.
0: Mm. Mm. What has been one of the, biggest challenges in overcoming some level like so your why the why you do something is confronted every single day with i'm tired the checks aren't coming in no one's responding to emails like what is the what what is it about your why or what is the thing that you latch on to that pushes you through and says i'm going to continue doing this because i love it well it's
1: i think there are and I think this question is, is a hard question to answer, and I think it's answered improperly a lot of times. Hmm. Um, it comes down to, do you like it more than you hate the grind? Hmm. You know? So if if you're somewhere where video is being, like people are being paid 200 bucks to make videos, which is not where you live. Like if you're in the United States, People are being paid $200, but there's also people being paid millions of dollars to do it. in mm-hmm. your. And it, it's not local to your area either. It doesn't matter. But if you're in some theoretical place where the cost of living is so much higher than what people are being paid to make videos for, you might come to the conclusion that it's just, I can't do this. And it has to be your hobby. It doesn't have to be your job. It doesn't, that, that's another thing is like, just cause you love something doesn't mean it has to be your job. My cousin for a long, like I'm a person who loves people to help people start businesses. I want them to do it all the time. I want everybody to start a podcast. I want everybody to do YouTube. I want everybody to do whatever. And I want everybody to have their own business for what they like. Hashtag content. Yeah. And so it's, it, but my cousin wasn't that person. He was like, I, I'm going to go to school for engineering. I'm going to go, I don't know what I want. And he's content. He is very content doing what he's doing and he's not super passionate about anything. Hmm. And that's okay. He has a hobby that he enjoys. And that's fine. Yeah. You don't, it doesn't, don't feel like it has to be your job just because people are telling you. Uh, I feel like we're told that it needs to be our job all the mm. time for what you love. It doesn't have to be your job. Now, if you hate your job, that's different. If you hate the path you're going down in life and you want to do something else, please do something else and figure out a way to make it work. It just isn't going to be butterflies and rainbows the whole time. And you got to, you gotta love it more than you hate the grind.
0: Love it more than you hate the grind. Yeah, I want that on poster. So love that,
1: and that comes from a lot of areas. Does that, yeah. does that come? And it's not just money. Like you might be, make, you might make a hundred grand your first year, but you're spending most of your time doing client management. Hmm. You're not actually doing the video stuff, and then it's like, do you hate that? Hmm. That's the grind in that situation, not the money. It's the, it's the client management. So. Whatever your struggle is, do you like it more than the struggle?
0: Mm, mm. and I feel like it's very interesting how kind of the two halves of the world that we live in it's there are people who love the creative process and hate the entrepreneurial side of it but then there's times where you love the entrepreneurial side of it and you hate the creative side because it's one gets bogged down or the bogged down over the top of the other and it's just it's hard to live in both worlds if you're in a spot where You can't find some level
1: of joy in something that you're doing. Mm. Uh, You need to improve as a person. Um, You should always be able to find some level of joy in any work that you do. Mm. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You can be cleaning up trash. And if you can't see how that's improving the world and how that's making you a better person in that moment, you may not love it all the time. And And you don't even have to love it. You just have to find that level of joy in it that that's like yes this is a positive thing i'm doing work i can think of the a world lot. is being
0: better made better because i am doing this see i can think of a lot of entrepreneurs right now who would disagree with that sentiment it's like if you don't like what you're doing then then bail out go find the thing that you do enjoy doing and yeah I f- that I, you're gonna go from one thing to the next yeah and never find it there's always
1: gonna be something about your job that you don't like there's always gonna be something about your life that you don't like and if you can't suck it up and see how that's necessary and see how that's good and see how that's making you a better person you will never find anything that you love Mm -hmm. and you will always find something that you hate and you may love something to start with but you'll never be able to finish it because you can't make it happen Mm -hmm. because you can't find the true joy in what you're doing and that's just your it you are incapable of living a joyful life that way, and if that's really what we're going for, it's not about the money. It's not about whatever people say money can't buy you happiness. Money does solve problems, but the true joy comes from seeing the value in your work
0: mm-hmm. and whatever work it, that it is that you're doing. Yeah, not necessarily the work that you have placed up on a pedestal and say this is the thing that if I do it will make me happy. Mm-hmm. Wow, there you go. Like I don't
1: love management, um, in in the sense of that I got to tell people you got to do X and I got to tell them that they're wrong. Like, I don't love that part, but I find joy in that knowing that it's making everybody's life better by me doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, the end result. Yeah. You I know, know what we're going for. You know, we're working towards something. Yeah. What are you, what, what is Rod Fox working towards?
1: Um, a lot of things. Yeah. It's working towards a lot of things. One, I want to provide a lot of jobs for people who traditionally would not have been able. Like, It's hard to get a stable job in the media world. Oh, yeah. It is hard to get a stable job in the media world, and that it doesn't need to be that way. It really doesn't. I want people who are creative to have stable jobs. I want people who are creative and entrepreneurial to be able to move forward with their jobs, to have commission, to have whatever, to be able to, to make real money doing it and um that's from specifically the business side and so then also have make for companies teach them just be teachers and to show them what they need to know because it's a field that is hard to learn it's it's just there's so many things that need to be fixed we're bad at customer service like as an industry we're terrible at customer service we're terrible at guiding people through the process we're terrible about teaching them what they need to know so they can be better and move forward and be a more educated consumer and we're terrible about showing them the roadmap for where they need to be as a business and we're terrible about teaching them how to communicate for their business because one we're lazy but then also two i think we're a little bit scared that they're gonna feel like they don't need us anymore Hmm. which isn't true if that were like that's just that's dumb it's dumb they can't do what we do it's too much work it's too much effort costs too much that's why they hire us to do it in the first place like we have the creative aspects the technical aspects we're not a commodity we're not a commodity that's what it comes down to we're not a commodity we're not about just making the videos or about the creative aspects that go behind it. And if you're just about making videos, you need to be scared for your job because you always got to be competing on price and you always got to be competing on quality. All of which some kid is going to do it cheaper and some kid is going to do it better. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, if you don't have the creative aspects, you need to team up with somebody who does, which is what we want to offer as a company. Right. Um, but then also too, uh,
0: yeah, you just gotta, you gotta get creative. You got. <laughs> You gotta get creative, which is 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 another thing. Yeah, how, like how how do you how do you generate okay. your own level of creativity?
1: So I, I've been writing an ad for like the last week, and you you think like I'm just waiting for an idea to come to me. That's not how you need to work creatively. Mm. And I, I get that there's a lot of ways that other people are creative, and that's okay. If you have a way that works for you, that's great. This is for the people that don't have a way that work for that works for them. You don't if you're sitting there, and you're waiting. You're doing it wrong. Hmm. Why would you look at a math problem and think the answer is going to come to you by looking at it? You can't just stare at the math problem and then have it come to you. You got to start working it out. You got to add the first numbers. You got to divide the second numbers. You got to do the order of operations. It all is simple math that you do over and over and over again to get to the answer of your problem. And creativity is the same way you have to identify a problem. You have to see where you're at, identify where you're at, and then start building the path to get there. The path to get there is different, and don't get hung up on that, um, but you gotta start solving the problem. And your solution may look different from other people's solutions, and that's okay. That's what we call creativity, is the solution that you got there. (laughs) And, And that's the problem, is it's not, when you write an ad, everybody's like, the ad is the thing. And that's what we think is the creative part but the problem is, is that the ad solves a problem and what is in the middle is truly what the ad is. Mm-hmm. So so your path is company has a problem they need to communicate x to client or to whoever to target audience. Right. Solution is target audience knows x that the client is trying to say. Client could say I want my clients to know that we sell hamburgers for a dollar. Or that our hamburgers are better than someone else's. That's very simple and that's not what we want companies to say. We want them to say something emotional about their brand or whatever, but that's whatever. That's besides the point. Sure. You have to identify what they're trying to know, what the client's what the what the customer is trying to know. And if you do those two things, if you're sitting over here right now and you can't come up with an ad that tells me or tells someone in the world that a hamburger costs a dollar, yeah. I'm sorry you're, you're you're just incompetent. But but like you can literally that's a harsh. No, think about it. it. the ad can literally be someone sitting in a chair saying, "Hey, Macy's burger joint down the road sells hamburgers for, for a $1. dollar." Yeah. Bam, you've come up with an ad. That's, you've solved the D problem. Mm-hmm. So then people get hung up on well, that's not creative enough. It's like how do oh, you be more a creative? creative. Or there, or wasn't there wasn't a, like yeah. crazy things or whatever. So then you then you've added another thing to the problem. You've then said, no, not only do you need to communicate the information, you need to do it in a way that's funny. Mm. So now it comes to, okay, what's a good joke that involves a hamburger? So then it comes back to, okay, was, I love what's how a joke? Was, I love how it
0: was quiet for like a long period of so time. So
1: because you, you have a bigger problem than you can solve.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: So it comes back to, so if you don't have a joke about a hamburger, do you have a joke? Mm. Do you not have a joke? can you find somebody who can teach you how to make a joke?
0: Does it have to be a joke at all? Does
1: it have to be a joke at all? But it has to be funny. Yeah. So it's got to be something. So, so like you can see how you can break it down. Yeah. And if you're sitting about, if you're sitting and thinking about a big picture problem for 10 seconds, for longer than 10 seconds, you got to figure out, am I looking at the math problem as a whole, or am I looking at the next step in the order of operations? And that's where people get lost in creativity is they look at the math problem. They don't look at the next step they need to take.
0: I honestly think that we're going to do a series of, probably a series of these podcasts where we sit back down and we dive more into like, because honestly, that was probably one of the most informational and transformative rants that I think I've heard in a a hot minute. Sorry (laughs) sorry to label it as a rant. (laughs) Well, um, it was because I get upset
1: because people are putting way too much pressure on themselves. They take the whole weight of the world and put it on themselves and say, and then the worst part about it is, is that they think they're less of a person because of it. Mm. And then it bogs them down and they say, I hate the creative field. I hate working in the creative field for the most part. Like my, my least favorite part about the creative field is that most people, you have two choices. They're either very depressed or they're exceptional people. Like the good people you work in the creative field are some of the most exceptional people you'll ever meet in your life because it looks like they have it all together.
0: They're just solving problems. They're
1: solving problems because they're doing it well. And the people who don't have it all together are the ones who are jaded and hate their lives. Mm. And most of the people you meet in the creative field are going to be the latter. Yeah. Um, And so that's another thing our company wants to do is we want to, we want to train people in life skills so that way they don't become jaded creatives that have so much raw talent. Like I think it's incredible that people have enough raw talent that these ideas just come to them. Mm. You know, it's just a spark of magic and too many people describe it that way. And it makes me scared by the fact that I am so untalented compared to them that they can have those sparks of magic. And I never do. I always have to work through the formula. Wow.
0: wow. So as someone who has me personally considered like my creativity as a spark so far, like you saying that just now sparks a level of fear inside of me that says, what if one day that spark just doesn't ignite? Yeah. Like, what if that spark just doesn't go off at some point? But like. I love what we've done so far with the work that we've done with some of the with mm. some of the companies that we've worked with, and it's been like, it's always come back to, what are they trying to say? Yeah. And how do we most effectively, efficiently, mm-hmm. and creatively tell that?
1: Because what should never happen is, you should always be able to have a deadline. <laughs> you should always be able to have a deadline. You no, know, you're right, you're right. And, and so then you, it, so it's like if, you're, if your client, or your boss, or whoever at the time says, we need an ad by Friday, and a script by Friday, you should be able to do that. You shouldn't be at the mercy of, oh, I can't work under pressure because I just have to wait for it to come to me.
0: Solve well, a problem by the deadline.
1: Yeah, solve a problem by the deadline. If it's not your favorite thing, okay.
0: Okay, that's fine.
1: Do it the, for the next the project. The client will probably love it. Yeah, exactly. And I, man, I just, it's so frustrating because people put, again, too much weight on themselves mm-hmm. and they make it about... I as a person am creative. Instead of uh, instead of using normal life skills to st- help them be creative, mm. like it's not it's not a it's just a, it's not a black box. Mm. It's
0: not a black box. What does that mean? Not not a black box. Well, it's
1: like the magic thing. It's like it's not just a magic spark that happens. Oh. It can be, but that just means you have so much raw talent that you like really just get it on an intuitive level. Mm-hmm. Give yourself.
0: And even then, you probably need some level of refinement yeah, somewhere it's, else. Yeah, it's
1: like, why are you handcuffing yourself to be creative? You're, mm. That's what you're doing. You're not giving yourself the best start. Unlock the handcuffs. Let yourself use paper. Let yourself write things down. Let yourself do whatever. Solve the problems. Don't just expect yourself to be bound and come up with an idea. Like you're, you're, you're locking yourself to the starting block and pulling a 100-pound weight in a 400-meter race.
0: Yeah, mm. That's what people are doing. You're right. They are, man. We could do. I feel like we could do an entire series on just like the topic of overcoming and what that means to overcome fear, overcome yeah. creative blocks, overcome. it Man, no, I think that's actually a really great For idea. Sure. I think For sure. For sure. We should actually do that. Well, so so it also
1: so like, I I'm not the first person to come up with this. No, it's just take what you know in your normal life. Like think about an engineer. They don't just look at a piece of paper and then say, boom, architecture. Train. Boom, train. Boom. Aviation engine, no, they start from... <coughs> it has to be X number of liters per minute. It has to have X number of propulsion. It has to have whatever. And they go from there. We, if I mean, the world would be a terrible place if everybody operated like a lot of creatives do. Nothing would get done. <laughs> Nothing would get done. It's because it's a
0: room full of feelers.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so like, imagine how much more... If that's what engineers are required to do, imagine if people took what engineers were required to do to do their job and applied it to the creative field. A lot more would get done. A lot of it would be a lot better and people would hate themselves less.
0: Man, man. I'm really excited that we get to do more episodes together in the future. I'm yeah. actually really excited to continue Good. doing it. Thank you for letting me do the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited we're about it. Coming down to the last little bit, oh, okay. we're going to play a game called top threes okay. real quick. This is how I kind of want to wrap up every podcast, but we're going go to go top threes really, really quickly as we come down to the last little bit of the podcast top three musicians that you're listening to right now? Oh my gosh. Um,
1: Hound Mouth is a good one. Um, see, that's, I just have a lot of songs that I'm listening to. The, the, okay, top hmm. three songs. Top three songs. Too Young is a good one. By- uh I don't know. Um, <laughs> the I'd have to pull out my phone. So Too Young, um, Crush by Tessa Violet yes. is such a good one. Um, and then I don't know. Let's move on to the next thing. I'd have move to get on, on my thing? phone. All right.
0: Top three podcasts you're listening to right now.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, Gary Vee, uh, the financial diet. Um, and, uh, I don't know. Modern maker podcast. Ooh,
0: modern maker. Yeah. Modern, modern maker. All right. Top three. Uh, why am I struggling? Top three, uh, books that you suggest right off the top of your head. Oh my gosh. Story by Robert McKee. Amen. Um, the Bible Moneyball by
1: Um, it's over there whatever that is my money ball by michael lewis michael lewis uh and then shoot there's one more uh entree leadership by dave ramsey is a good one (coughs) sorry entree leadership by dave ramsey
0: entree leadership by dave ramsey
1: yeah so if you're if you're interested at all in um you know leadership or starting a business or whatever if, if you're at any level of leadership which i would argue that you are in, in your life, you, you should read that book because it's gonna help you understand management a lot better.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Dave Ramsey, we love you. Love your work. Um, top three films. Top three films. Overall? Overall. Just so, kind of in an overall so, general So uh,
1: we've had this conversation, but is this top three of my favorite or top three of like what I think are the best? Because
0: um, those are different. We know. Uh, we do know that. Let's do top three of... How about this? Top three films that you think... Will help creative people become better, or people. in mm, top three top three films that will uh, that will help pretentious people avoid being more pretentious and will like just learn to appreciate appreciate oh, things better. Okay,
1: uh, Transformers. Watch Transformers if you think it's a bad movie. Um, watch. Uh, shoot, what's another one? Um, watch the latest Marvel film. Um, and then honestly, Batman versus Superman. Okay, watch those three movies, and then you write a better script. Ooh! If you can't write a better script, it's not bad. Hmm. That's not entirely true, but like on a practical level, you need to get over. Like you got to get over yourself. Oh you yeah. You really got to get over yourself and and recognize that. If you could write a better script, you would someone have. would buy it from you. Mm-hmm. Not that you would have, but like if you could if you did write a better script, Hollywood bu- would buy it from you. Mm-hmm. But they're not because you're not writing better scripts because you're not as good of a screenwriter as you think you are. Mm-hmm. And these movies are better than you think they are. We're just really jaded as an audience because we get to watch a thousand of them in a year.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: All right, top three movies that are your personal favorites. So personal favorite movies, uh, number 1 Super 8, JJ Abrams. Thank you. Lens flares are my favorite. Anamorphic lenses, I'll talk about that all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Jobs is one of my favorite films. The 20 yeah. the good one, not the bad one, the good one written by Aaron Sorkin. Um and then Could you have written a better
0: film than the Bell? Oh, bat? heck
1: no. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm sorry, st- you know, you know I'm I have still to. working on it. Yeah. Um but no, I can right now I can't write a better film than that. Um what's another good one? I mean uh, I got to throw a classic in. This. So let's do Indiana Jones. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, I kind of get bored watching that one every once in a while, which I know is dumb to say, but I've seen it so many times now that it's kind of like, yeah, I get it. I
0: don't know. I want to do something more productive with my life. I watched episode four of Star Wars, I think... The most in a year that I think Uh I watched it was like seven times. That's too many. Well, yes. I didn't realize it was too many until I got to about the sixth time. Okay,
1: well, it's too many for me. So, like, for me, I've seen my favorite. So, I've seen Super
0: 8, like, 20 times. You've seen Super 8 so many times.
1: Um, But that's 20. I know people who have seen, like, their favorite movie 20 times this month.
0: That's a fair point. I think I've watched... Oh, man, no. A hundred percent, I watched Fantastic Mr. Fox, like... 12 times in a year but you see what I'm time. saying so yeah. it's like
1: you watch that movie 12 times in a year I've seen super eight 20 times since I was like 16 that's a good
0: point you bring up a very very fair point that's it for this week's episode of line item story thank you so much for watching and for listening tune in next week as we explore deeper into the relationship between art and business and what that might mean for other creatives and entrepreneurs I appreciate your support and I'll see you next time